At the end of June, five young men from our parish had the chance to go to a high school discernment retreat called Quo Vadis, which means, where are you going? It was kind of a, a vocational discernment retreat. And at least one of the guys had never been on a retreat before, and I'm pretty sure that none of them really had any idea what they were getting themselves into. But off they went to Richmond, and for 48 hours, these five teenagers found themselves surrounded by priests, seminarians, and other young men who are serious about their faith from around our diocese. And let me tell you, something astonishing happened to these kids on that retreat. The Holy Spirit straight up zapped them. A light switch went off. They came back absolutely on fire. Even their parents were like, Father Anthony, I don't know, I don't know what happened. My, my boy is different. Who is this? They came back transfigured. This was more than just the usual retreat high that we can easily get caught up in when we have an awesome experience, maybe at like a Catholic camp or a big conference that we go to. You probably know what I mean. Maybe we've all felt that, that sizzle of excitement that burns bright and fast, that mountaintop experience of emotion and enthusiasm. And sometimes that can fall away very, very quickly, and we might even be lower than before we went on that retreat. But no, that's, that's not what was going on with these guys. It's something else. They came back different. They had very obviously encountered the Lord in a profound way, in the liturgy, in personal prayer, and in all of the new friendships they've formed. They came back telling stories about how they stayed up all night in Eucharistic adoration. I'm kind of glad I didn't go on this retreat. I like sleep. These kids didn't get a lot of sleep on this retreat. They also were talking about how they went out on like a midnight rosary in the woods on a hike together, how they led praise and worship music together, how they had the chance to do even some street evangelization. They went out and they invited random strangers if they could pray with them and for them. Bottom line, they didn't want that experience to end. They wanted to linger and soak in this amazing gift that they had been given. Today, the church celebrates the Feast of the Transfiguration of our Lord. And in a way, the experience those teenagers had on their Quo Vadis retreat is very similar to what the disciples, Peter, James, and John, experienced up there on Mount Tabor. The disciples found themselves never wanting it to end. They wanted this experience to last forever. They wanted to linger we hear that Jesus led them up a high mountain by themselves. He drew them apart, brought them into a different sort of place, a place where a unique and beautiful encounter with God could happen. And then he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. I wonder how long Peter, James, and John were up on that mountain just gazing at Jesus, radiating and pulsating like the sun. We're not told how long this powerful and overwhelming vision lasted. Later on in his life, St. Peter would reflect on this exact experience in a letter he would write, which we heard in our second reading, the second 
late letter of St. Peter. He said this, we had been eyewitnesses of his majesty. We don't know how long the three apostles beheld his majesty. Was it minutes? Was it hours? We don't know. Would they have been able to tell the difference? But evidently, it was at least long enough for St. Peter to suggest building a couple of tents. But the point is this. They were in no rush to leave. No rush whatsoever. They were content to stay, to linger. They were transfixed in ecstasy. They were captivated by and fascinated with Jesus. They were overwhelmed by the presence of the Son of God, by the bright cloud that overshadowed them, by the voice of the Father that said, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. They fell down, prostrate. They were slain in the Spirit. They got zapped. So much love and goodness and peace, they wanted it to last forever. Lord, it is good that we are here, Peter finally says with all of this wonder bubbling and, and boiling inside of his heart. St. Anastasius of Sinai responds saying, it is indeed good to be here. As you have said, Peter, it is good to be with Jesus and to remain here forever. What greater happiness or higher honor could we have than to be with God, to be made like him and to live in his light? We gotta ask ourselves, how how good is it? How good is it to waste time with God, to linger in his presence, to not be in a rush? We're always in a rush. We're always going around. How good it is to want to remain with him forever. Nowadays, you'll hear a lot of talk in secular circles about meditation and about centering oneself. Let me be absolutely clear. Catholics should never get involved in any New Age practices, Eastern religions, or anything with ties to the occult. If you've done any of those things, okay, but you really ought to renounce those things in the name of Jesus at your earliest convenience, okay? Be free. Jesus has more. But even so, that, that desire that so many people today have for like kind of a, a transcendental meditative experience, to be mindful of the present moment, that tells me that the people in our culture today are still very much aware of that deep longing in their heart. The longing to finally come and rest in the presence of God, to really truly be in the present moment with the Lord and linger there with him. We as Catholic Christians maybe need to do a little bit better job inviting those people with that thirst in so that they might find the true rest that they're seeking. Come and linger with Jesus. Come, find what you're really looking for. Come and sit in front of the tabernacle in silence. Come to Eucharistic adoration and just be there. Be loved by the Lord. Perhaps this is one of the reasons that, that Moses and Elijah appeared on either side of Jesus at the transfiguration. Because Moses and Elijah, they're experts at lingering with God, aren't they? As is often pointed out, Moses, he represents the law. And Elijah, 
He represents the prophets. So together, they stand for the fullness of the Old Testament scriptures. And so in the transfiguration, we see Jesus, who is the New Testament, having a conversation with the Old Testament. It's like we get an icon of the entire Bible. It's really amazing. But Moses and Elijah, they both understood full well what it meant to spend time with God and to just linger with him. Moses, as we may recall, spent 40 long days and 40 long nights up there on Mount Sinai in the presence of the living God. And he did that twice. Remember, he came down and the Israelites had been worshiping the golden calf. He destroyed the first set of the Ten Commandments. Then he went up for another 40 days and 40 nights. And he brought down those, those commandments of the Lord. Elijah, we remember, once withdrew deep into the desert, and he spent 40 days and 40 nights traveling to that little cave on the side of Mount Carmel, where he entered the presence of God, and he found God not in the wind, not in the fire, but in that still small voice. And then now, here at the Transfiguration, Moses and Elijah find themselves on another mountain, this time Mount Tabor, and what are they doing? They're lingering with God again. They're talking with Jesus. They're spending time with him. What about us? What about you? How's your prayer life going these days? Do you really truly enjoy lingering with our Lord? Do we find ourselves never wanting prayer to end? How much actual time do we set aside and carve out just to waste on the Lord? As Father Jacques Philippe once said, five minutes are not enough for God. Five minutes are what we give someone when we want to get rid of them. <laughs> I like that. But then he goes on to suggest this, which is a little bit more practical. A quarter of an hour is the absolute minimum, and anyone who is able should not hesitate to spend an hour on prayer, or even more, every day. Now that might sound really hard to some of you, especially for moms and dads who are currently wrangling little ones here at Mass today. I feel you. I know it's hard. It's a challenge. But then again, how many hours do we very easily spend on stuff that really has basically nothing to do with growing in our relationship with God? I challenge you to take a look at your iPhone settings sometime today and check that little uh, box, the screen time. Have you ever looked at that? It's pretty scary. Check your screen time stats. It will, it will break down how long you've looked at your screen and it'll break down even, I think, which apps have been dominating the most amount of time. It'll kind of tell you where you've spent most of your screen time on. The results might shock you how easily we all fritter and waste prolonged periods of time on things like online shopping and surfing funny YouTube videos or streaming two-hour-long episodes of our favorite shows on Netflix, right? But when it comes to prayer, when it comes to Sunday Mass, boy, Father, it better be one hour, man. When it comes to rosary, when it comes to meditating on the sacred scriptures, our eyes and our hearts tend to kind of Look over at that clock, right? I don't want to linger too long here. 
I don't want to waste too much time here. When will this be over so I can get back to what I kind of really want to be doing? Now, none of this is meant to be shaming anyone here, right? We all struggle with this. I struggle with this. It's really hard for me to linger with the Lord. I'm always thinking about the next thing that I have to do, the next task, the next responsibility, and I am always, always, always finding reasons why I can't possibly linger with Jesus. And yet, I somehow have plenty of time to scroll Facebook, and gee, I have, I've managed to watch a lot of episodes of Doctor Who lately. So, really, we all just need to be brutally honest with ourselves. We each need to take a look at our own heart and ask, where am I lingering? Where am I building my tents? Where do I pass my time most easily? Do I want to stay with the Lord, crying out with St. Peter, Lord, it's good that we are here. Or am I saying instead, Lord, I kind of wish I was somewhere else. I'm going to go ahead and throw this one out here too, even though it might be tough for some to hear. But one area that I think that we can grow as a parish is lingering after Mass. Lingering after Mass. What do I mean? Well, rather than like hitting the road at the first note of the closing hymn, why not stay? Why not linger a little bit? You've just received Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. We are together, right? We're a body. And we are a living, breathing tabernacle. He's really, truly present, transfigured within you. The Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven. The Ancient of Days, which we heard about in that first reading from the prophet of Daniel. He has taken up his throne, and he's taken it up inside of you. Whoa! If that's true, then brunch can probably wait a few minutes, right? The parking lot might even clear out a little bit, and it will be much less stressful. <laughs> I've tried getting in here when everybody's like backing into the parking spots. Oh my goodness. It's fun. What if we chose to linger? What if we chose to linger? What if we knelt down and prayed for a little while longer just to soak in what we just did? We ate God. That can and should change us, right? That can heal us. That inspires us, strengthens us, it transfigures us. And just as he once did on Mount Tabor for the disciples, Jesus wants to reach down at this liturgy and he wants to touch us, saying, rise and do not be afraid. So look up and see Jesus there alone. He's gazing into your eyes. He loves you with a, an unconditional love. Stay there. Linger with that look and say to him, Lord, it's good that we are here.